0: Hello all and welcome to episode 8 of Two Sikes in Nikes. In this episode, Larry fills us in on some books he's been reading, especially one about Diego Maradona and compares it to a documentary that he watched recently about the iconic footballer. And Jody, that's me, discusses Bill Simpson, who was a safety pioneer in motorsport in the 60s, 70s and 80s, and he passed away a couple of months ago. Simpson safety products would have saved countless lives over the decades, and his business came to a bit of a sorry end in 2001. So, I hope you enjoy episode eight. Hello, all, and welcome to episode eight of Two Psyches and Nikes. I'm Jody, and I'm Larry. And we we've a bit of a problem with the video this week i for some reason, the weather's okay here, but we've tried and tried, and it doesn't look like the video from me, so it's gonna kind of work so this will not be on YouTube episode eight this will only be available on the podcast, but anyway, don't be worrying about it it's it's, it's all good so uh how things larry you you feeling good you, st- you i'm I'm a bit under the weather myself. I've been in bed for the last four days, but hopefully it's not the. The the thing that we're all fearing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, sorry to hear that
0: you're not feeling too good, Jody. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's like a um, bit of a head cold, bit groggy. I seem to be sleeping quite a lot, but I've no cough or I've, I, my breath is fine. So I don't. it's it, I'm I'm keeping an eye on it, but it doesn't seem to be. Uh, what like what people are talking about. But I did. Um, I'm gonna go straight into it, Larry. I I read a statistic the other day that blew me mind. Mm. Um. FedEx, say, you know FedEx, the delivery... I oh, was the fellow that brought your package there last Oh, year. yeah, no, FedEx. I know FedEx They're very well. Saying. You know it very well, I'm sure, <laughs> what you do. And uh, he, I read a statistic. They reckon that by about 2026, which is only six years away, packages in the U.S. will double. Package deliveries in the U.S. is going to double. Now, it's got, they, they reckon about 100 million packages per day. Now, just just million. put that somewhere... 100 million per day and most of them, a huge percentage will be household deliveries. Now, I have to say, our, the species appetite for stuff and consuming is, it's insatiable, isn't it? Like we, mm. I mean, since online shopping came in like, and now, if when you look at like Amazon, they have Prime and uh, they do these Prime days or whatever and they, like they, be, because you have to pay a fee for Amazon Prime, you see people, I think it's, it's over $100, I think, to have Amazon Prime. So mm-hmm. if you're paying that every year, you're kind of saying to yourself, I want to make the most of it because I don't want to pay yeah. extra $100. it mo- could motivate a, a person it. to buy more. Exactly. So you're kind of saying, now, we're, we're all trying to give up plastic straws and all these types of things. And um, like, I know they're, I know they're major, but at the same time, they're minor when we look at some other industries. And, like, you know, sucking, sucking a Frappuccino through a paper straw that goes, like, flaccid within, <laughs> within two <laughs> seconds. It's, it's a nightmare, like. Um, so I've done it. And you need two or three cardboard straws to have, like, a milkshake with So okay. I think there's a, there's, there's a little bit of thought has to go into this. Um, I remember I went for an ice cream one time at Ben & Jerry's in a cinema in Dublin, and they had introduced these wooden spoons, Mm-hmm. Jesus, did you ever eat off them wooden spoons? Those oh it's disgusting, it's scratchy along your teeth Yeah, because oh, the, the spoon terrible. isn't
1: smooth, it's it's the coin it's like raw
0: wood. You're dead right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's so unpleasant. So here's. Yeah. So I don't. I don't get that anymore. Like when I go to the cinema, and they're losing out because of that. But I'm going back to deliveries. What do you think? A hundred million packages a day. I mean, is that sustainable? It's a day. It's, so it's does that? Like we are. He,
1: is, does that mean? Because he said it's going to double. Does that mean at the moment it's fifty million a day that's been delivered? It must, must be. Okay. Okay. A hundred million. Yeah. I suppose it makes sense because, um like, does uh, like obviously like. uh the whole retail environment, like where you walk into a shop and buy something, like eventually that's going to kind of fall by the wayside, you know? you
0: think?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it, it takes a long time. It's going to take, like people would have said this probably like 10, 15 years ago that that, that, that was going to happen and it hasn't fully happened, but I think eventually it like it will f- come full circle and like the internet will, Take over, kind of like how people have been using it now, over the last two months.
0: Do you think there's room for both? Though, would you think that there's room for like a pastime of going to shopping centres? Yeah, but just the
1: co- like the cost to rent the premises, like in a bit in a city centre is colossal. Like, so I can see why companies be motivated not to have to rent the premises and,
0: oh. and just be more online and have a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, it's 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 more cost effective, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do a little bit of, of of research in this area, and I know Japan Japan are big into um, and they're 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 developing at the moment a lot of retail spaces in train stations because the train uh, commuting by train is starting to fall a little bit. So these these people that operate these these fairly massive stations have said, "Well, how are we going to bring in extra extra money? Mm-hmm. And we are going to start putting retail in there." So they're but they're actually building like multi story shopping centers where the trains sell. So it's not just like, let's put a few little lunch spots in there. Like, they're going to town on this. And okay. I also see in America, like, this humongous mall, I think in Jersey or something, just opened mm. that has an ice rink and it has like a theme park and it has, like, it's cost, I think, a couple of billion but there is, there is people still doubling down uh, on this concept. So it's interesting, like, yeah, and then you, okay. So like with people. the train but station, I found that an amazing statistic
1: Jody, just with the train station, the kind of idea is that instead of kind of ha- like waiting for people to leave their house and go to a retail shop is that they're definitely going to probably leave the house and go to a train station. So we put the retail in the train station. Exactly. Yeah, where people are gonna go to the train station. So while they're there they can pop in to do the retail shopping.
0: Exactly. So so say say you're regularly your your regular customer was spending ten euro a day, say on their return train fare, but mm. now they might spend twenty or thirty a day if they're stopping for something to eat or if they're if mm. they're gonna go upstairs and actually buy an item or browse. So all of a sudden then you've you've increased that margin. But um yeah, it's just, it's a whole interesting topic. And I mean, my own brother is a courier. He's in that business. Um, and like, it's great to get stuff delivered. Like, we all get a buzz out of a box coming, but it is, it's, it's quite scary as well that we do seem to be, I mean, people seem to shop on a daily basis. It's, I think it's mad
1: so well, well. actually, so, just, to, <laughs> just to finish up on that, like with regard to shipping packages, the The big concern for me would be, like, I've received packages, right, and it would be this small item in a big box with loads of paper cushioning the item so it doesn't get damaged. And, like, if they're, if it's going to double in the next X amount of years, like from half, half 50 million to 100 million a day, the packaging, that it's all the cardboard boxes that are required and the the bubble wrap and all these things like all that just gets thrown straight into the bin like so that's that's a colossal amount of waste that's going to be generated
0: yeah sometimes you get a little item and actually like it's hanging on the shelf like we just got a webcam from logitech before the virus kicked Mm. off and genie hanging on the shelf it was a it was quite a substantial box and then you get at home and you open the box and the webcam is like two inches by three yeah it's, it's crazy, like, right on the shelf because you're going, oh, look what we're getting for 90 euros. Yeah. But, but you could half that box wouldn't be drawn. They'd be like tiny little camera for 90 euros. Like, so yeah. they, have to, they have to make it bigger. But um, yeah, I agree with you. Now, the other thing while, while you're on that point, it's actually the speed of the delivery that's causing the issues as well. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's if you want it that day or the next day. It's exponential, the amount of, of effort that it takes to get your package the next day instead of like three or four days. Because what companies do is if, if you've got three or four days to deliver it, they can group it with other things. yeah, and they can, yeah. The driver might be bringing out 50 deliveries. Yeah. Whereas if you want it the next day, the driver might be bringing out five deliveries yeah, yeah. because you yeah. need that the next day. So mm. they need more vans, more drivers, more options. So it's it, it's not going to all our choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, and
1: the costs as well. Like to that, yeah,
0: for the environment, and it's something we're gonna have to think about. But uh, mm-hmm. so, what's what, what, what? have you been? Have you been? Uh, have you been doing that and reading that, and have you been? Yeah. Well, I've
1: mentioned a few times. I think that I've kind of been putting the devices like my laptop and iPhone in the car and the basement, and I, I took it to another level this time. I dropped them over to my mother's house. Um. <laughs> To get them to. So, so they're
0: not even in the, in the vicinity now, okay. <laughs>
1: they're as geographically
0: as far away as possible. And Larry, come here. When the, if, if the police stopped you and said, uh, hey, son, um, listen, you're out and about here today. Uh, what's, what's the reason? I have just have to get rid of my iPhone. Uh, uh, I, just, yeah, I no, can't look at have, it anymore.
1: I have an excuse, ready, Like It would be like, uh, yeah, something to do with my mother. You know? Okay, okay. Yeah, now okay. I have to check on my mother. Uh, but the truth is, like, I'm dropping over my computer, <laughs> you know. I okay, think
0: okay, but it's giving you more time to do other stuff, is it?
1: Yeah, well, yesterday I read like uh four different books, you know, not from cover to cover now. Um, I'm not like uh Bill Gates <laughs> Bill Alf,
0: G- Alf used to be a speed reader. I remember that show, Alf, Alf. <laughs> used to do the <laughs> alien thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, he so I read the page, in a <laughs>
1: yeah, so um yesterday I had no devices so I read like four different books and um one yeah the first one I read was uh, a book about existentialism um mm-hmm. it's, it's primarily about death and being kind of aware of of our you know that we will die and how that affects us and um, but primarily on a, a subconscious level um but then it has an effect on a on our day to day going, you know, it has an effect on how we live our life, from moment to moment, but we're not really aware of it. Um, so that was one book that's quite quite deep, you know.
0: It sounds good, though. Uh, it w- is is it one you would are you enjoying it? Is it a, or, or like would you recommend it? Well, it's
1: interesting because when I moved from one chapter to another, the chapter I started reading yesterday <clears throat> and finished was the author was talking about uh, Freud. And um, the, the words, he w- he was kind of like questioning Freud's uh, theories and the words the author was using were like, it was a bit difficult to, to read because like, he was, because he was trying to debase what Freud had said, he had to be quite articulate in how he went about putting his argument forward. So it made for a bit difficult reading. But then when I moved to this the following chapter, he was just talking normal again and I was like, oh, grand, I just kind of. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's an area that I've probably, as you get a bit older, you start to look at more like in me, in my twenties, I probably wouldn't have even batted an eyelid at it. But when you, maybe if you go through it, maybe if you go through a bit of loss, um, and you're, it's, it's kind of, it's there, not in a, not in a bad way or a heavy way, but in actually like a, I don't know, in a stabilising way, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it's like, um,
0: well, my motivation for reading
1: this is it's part of me, cor- course I'm doing in college. So that's really what motivates me to read it. But on a personal level, yeah, of course, it's like I'm, uh, you know, I'm really 40 now, so I'm not getting any younger. So, yeah, these things, I think, become more interesting or relevant as you get older, you know, mm-hmm. whereas in your 20s, like you're just living your life and, you know, taking more risks and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was the first book I started reading and then I moved on and I uh, had ordered after watching the Maradona documentary, um, which I highly recommend. It's from the same guy who made Amy and um, the documentary about Amy Winehouse
0: and Earth and Senna. Yeah, oh you were saying about this and I haven't yeah. watched it, Larry, but I, I actually I want to watch this because I I liked Senna and I do like um I I I'd like to find out more about Maradona. You said it's on YouTube, did it? It's actually on YouTube. Yeah, you can just google it and watch it uh, on YouTube.
1: Great. Okay. Okay. And um the the soundtrack on the Maradona documentary is amazing. It's absolutely okay. amazing.
0: I'm looking forward to that now. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch that this week.
1: So, yeah, so I ordered, because uh, I enjoyed the documentary and I int- listened to an interview with the creator of the documentary and he mentioned that what motivated him to make that uh, doc- documentary was he read a book called The Hand of God and it's about Maradona's life. So um, I ordered the book and I got it the other day and I started reading it yesterday.
0: You were one of them uh, 50 million packages, you, d- oh, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm glad you got the actual book. It's lovely that you got the actual book and not like not reading it digitally it's it's there's nothing like having a paperback in your hand. it's great yeah no I, I yeah a bit old school like that but anyhow I, I was
1: reading the book and yeah i I kind of got a little bit i was getting a bit irritated as I was reading it because of the the things that the the kind of perspective the author was taking with things he sounded he was kind of being in my opinion, uh, overly harsh with how he was talking about Maradona. And, like, there was things, like, he was saying that, for instance, because the position Maradona was in, because of the skills he had, he had a responsibility to kind of, um, to his fans and supporters and football in general. And, like, that responsibility came with like, a level of... um, maturity and kind of expectations that he should act this way because of the position he's in. And I just was saying to myself, the guy grew up in like a shanty town, literally in a, in a, in a a hut that his father built with his own hands. That was some, I think like corrugated metal. And he lived in, he lived in that hut like with his mother and father and sister for a while when he was a child. And he played out in the dirt with a football like the author, or just bugged me because I thought, who is he to say that Maradona should be a certain way when Maradona is who he is because of his the environment he was brought up in and the life he lives beforehand? So he's not going to magically change into this like gentleman who is like really respectable and uh. Does the right thing and, and is on a moral high ground. Like, it's, life doesn't work like that. Like, people have a, a good and bad within them. And Maradona, from what I gathered, always like tried to be true to himself, even if that was like partying hard for a few days before a football match or taking drugs. Or I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I just thought the author was kind of like he just had a really kind of a bit of a bad attitude towards Maradona. Yeah. Had these expectations of him, which I don't think he should have any expectations of Maradona. He just is who he is like,
0: you know? Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I Like I would read, I would have read over my life, a fair few bi- biographies, a lot of sporting and stuff like that. And I found a lot of them by halfway through, I would kind of, I would, I would close it because I find sometimes the author, um, is is a bit too opinionated like I, I like the facts and I like the story but sometimes you can sense that there's a little bit of the author coming through and even sometimes I find they're a little bit um, how do you say it like bordering on like lick, licking up to the, to the sports person like they're a little bit uh, how do you say that in a nice way but they're yeah. they kind of big them up I think to stay on their right side because obviously when it's being edited and read they want to they want to look like they're um now then you've got the other side which would be the likes of uh Kimmage or something that would be writing about kind of drugs and sport and he's almost like the other way he's like a he 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 stores it up by pointing a lot of fingers and mentioning a lot of things like so I, you, you've you've nearly got two ways of writing it one is like to to lick up to the to the person or the other way is to like point fingers at the person because they both yeah. want people to buy the book I suppose so um, yeah uh,
1: but, so what? So what you're saying? Are you, are you going to finish it out that book, or do you, you think know, it's, yeah, it's well, not for you? I'll I, I re- I'm going to continue reading it and see how I go. Um, but yeah, it's funny because I had that same experience in the past. I've read some sports books, and um, I, I remember reading one about Alex Ferguson. Oh my God, the author was just like another one. It's not a sports book, but, but it was about what's that guy who makes all the money in the stock markets? you know who I'm talking about? No. He's a famous, like, he buys stocks and shares. Warren Buffett? Yeah, Warren Buffett. Oh, my God. The author was just, like, the sun shone shone out of him. Like, he he couldn't, he was just, it was, I had to put the book down after the first chapter. Same with the Alex Ferguson book. It was just, like, it was so biased towards the... Yeah, so biased. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting, because I was reading this yesterday, and it's literally like what you said, Either if the subject of the book is involved in the book and if the air they're going to have control over what's said and what's not said. And yeah. I can see where an author would be like, mm, I don't want to write a book like that. I want to write a book that includes all the nitty gritty. So therefore, yeah. the, the person, the subject of the book, the author decides that he can't be involved in it because if he's not going to be open and honest, then we, I can't write the book I want. So then he's left out of the equation and he writes a book that's like more against the the subject, like yeah. against the football or the footballer won't yeah. like what he's talking about. And it's hard to get somewhere in the middle, like unless the, unless the, like the subject of the book is willing to w- write an autobiography
0: that's really open and honest, but that's, that can be quite a rare thing. It can be, and and what the only thing I'd say is the author has um, it a Spanish. What well, I wonder was it originally a Spanish written book, and then, yeah, the and then from Spain. I think sometimes I wonder is it lost in translation a lot of the time because I do find when when I read a German to English, like or if I read a, or a Spanish, sometimes I do find maybe the sentence structure is a little bit simplistic or something I wonder is it coming through in that book maybe maybe they just haven't got the translation hang on I don't know oh yeah no so it wasn't originally written in Spanish but the are to happens
1: in Spanish
0: <laughs> oh okay because I was going to say if, maybe if you read the Spanish version you might have a different opinion of the book I, I, well, do you want to do that and, and you can in the next episode you can tell us what the Spanish versions like <laughs> 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then uh, what were you, and then the other books what so, was was Nancy. You, you, you looked at over the weekend. Yeah,
1: I was actually just
0: reading another book called The Alchemist. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, that's a very well-known book. I haven't read it, but it's actually I think it's here on the shelf. My partner would have read it. What do you
1: think? Colo look, That's right. Really, yeah, actually, my partner had the book lying around the house as well. So I thought, oh gosh, that's a famous book. I must give it a read sometime. So. I've been reading it kind of before I go to bed because it's not too heavy and it's more like, it's just a nice read before you go to bed, you know? And? And yeah, it's, it's really good because it's like, it's, there's wisdom in the book and there's, ah, there's some lovely, there's some lovely paragraphs in it, which really kind of
0: just make you think, you know? I've heard he's a lovely way of putting stuff together that really makes people, that really resonates. Like he's a good few books now at this stage, but mm. there's a reason that they're very well revered. I, I think it's actually here on the shelf. And now do you say it? I'm going to take it out and have a glance at it. Yeah. It's, like
1: a, it's like a, like in the, it's like a kid's book, but for adults. Right. Like a, it's like type it's like a book that it's in the, it's be like a, a nice book that a child would read but it's like an adult book like in the sense that it's really light reading but there's a depth to it, but it's like a, like there's an adventure in it and all it's just it's it's not like it's not too heavy but
0: yeah it's kind of childlike Okay because sometimes Disney can with their animations like Pixar and all can nail that as well because like a five year old can watch it and a 50 year old can watch it and they'll yeah. both have Different kind of it's beautiful the way they can marry the stories and like and it can appeal to all age groups right I'm I'm definitely gonna check that yeah. mm, mm. so um are you reading any books yourself at the moment? uh yeah but the last of them would be um one I've got is a uh, counselling techniques for the sports and performance psychologists so oh, it's. It's. It wouldn't be. It like I'm reading a few things like that that are kind of more academic at the moment. And um, just, I'm just. That's the phase I'm in. But what else would I be reading? Um, uh, I'm still reading some of the. I'm still finishing some of the books that we talked about before, like Racing the Sunset, about um a triathlete that's going through finishing his career and the struggles with that. Yeah. Um, I have that on the go, and I downloaded another book there the other day. Yeah. It's about music theory. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested in that as well. How how the ear and the brain picks up music and why why we're um, drawn to some pieces and some and even the different cultures and the way the way music is built and the chords and the and the notes. It's interesting stuff because it's very technical and I wouldn't have any technical knowledge of music, but I'm I'm intrigued by it because since I was a kid, my go-to was to go upstairs to my bedroom, have over, I always had over-air headphones, big over-air headphones, and I would turn it up really loud. We had a, we had a decent sound system, and I would just, that was where you'd find me, was drawing or writing on the floor of my bedroom with the with the big headphones on, up quite loud, um, probably loud enough to probably do damage when I'm older. but that was my kind of, that was my place of security, you know what I mean? I just like not that there was nothing going on in the house or anything, but when you're going through that time of like twelve to seventeen, that's mm-hmm. where you found me. I was just up there. So music has always been a huge kind of influence on me. Um, so yeah, I just that's what I'm reading at the moment. But um, yeah, um, a lot of magazines. There, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I like I'm of a voracious appetite for, uh, for magazines. I read maybe ten a month. Oh yeah, like what type of magazines? So, yeah, uh, Beano, like psychology, psychology, yeah. day, tennis, tennis, monocle. Well, you know what? That was what I had every Christmas. I got the the, the Beano and the Dandy annual every Christmas. Like, ah, yeah. Um, and I I loved them. Oh, up until I was about seventeen, eighteen, I was still getting them. But what would I? <laughs> Well, I was telling you a few: the Atlantic, the Monocle, um, uh, or just Monocle. It's not there. Um, I, a lot of car magazines. Lot, a lot of a lot of car magazines. Maybe three or four car magazines. Um, do you know what? Over the years, I could literally go in to a, a, a shop and buy. It could be anything. Could be a woodworking magazine. I, I'd yeah. have that there. Uh, a guitar magazine. Yeah. Um, model making jesus it could be anything a travel magazine like a uh, design like wallpaper or something it's it's endless but um i did uh, actually funny enough i did read a very good article the other day and this is my little thing i want to throw in this week so um it was in a magazine called road and track it's an american car magazine and it's quite good like i, li- I like mm-hmm. the journalism and it. it's gone a good few it's going a long time but they were talking about this man bill simpson was his name And he, around the late fifties, he was a safety pioneer in motorsports. So he, him and his pal discovered that, um, like hot rodding was, was really getting big, you know, like the old cool American hot rods. And then Mm. they would have become drag racers then where it's one-on-one acceleration as fast as you can away from the lights. And they realized that the speeds were starting to get so high, they were struggling to stop. They only had old drum brakes. So they, they put them. they, they they thought about putting a parachute on, on the car that would open at mm-hmm. the end of the track. So he was one of the pioneers in all this stuff. Then he developed like seat belts, helmets. Um he was one of the first to bring Nomex. It's it's a NASA developed um fabric and mm-hmm. it's fire resistant. So up until like in the 50s and 60s people were wearing like leather jackets and, and jeans and, and and like a canvas cap or something when they were racing, like crazy stuff if you look back now. Um, like even when you look at old Formula One back in the 50s and 60s, like they're, they're sitting up out of cars and stuff. Like it looks like a, it's a model for disaster. Like yeah. so, so, um, so he was developing all this stuff and he was really passionate about it. And he did an awful lot of work on how how cars uh, crumple when they have an accident and um like how metal falls and like he did loads of research himself and he was also a bit of a character like he was a bit of a he like he said he put he put the suit on and set himself on fire to show that yeah. was his marketing back in the sixties and seventies to show how amazing his stuff was you know yeah, yeah. so this was his like he he was kind of a cantankerous kind of quirky hippie fella mm-hmm. so anyway. Um, he did a lot of work, but it came to 2001, which is not that long ago. So all the way up, he was doing good work all the way up till then. And one of his friends was was this guy called Dale Earnhardt, right? A very, very famous NASCAR driver. Um, probably one of the biggest names that it's had. Like, you know, the NASCAR where they drive around on the ovals. Did you ever see it? It's in oh, Tampa yeah, yeah. Night. NASCAR, yeah. You know NASCARs? <clears throat> yeah. So um, Dale Earnhardt was one of the... One of the icons, and he had an accident in two thousand and one, and he passed away. Um, and basically they blamed this on Bill Simpson. Um, the NASCAR Association blamed it on on Bill Simpson. They said his his product failed, like his seatbelt failed. No, oh, no. And yeah, and the problem was that he was Bill Simpson, and Dale Earnhardt were friends outside. Like, it, I mean, he had he had worked for decades to try and make drivers safer. But well, it's just another little i suppose it brings the little loop around to when large organizations or corporations kind of pin pin the problem on somebody or something that it kind of deflects um, any uh, it, it deflects any negativity on the organization so basically they hadn't got great safety standards and they pinned they pinned the problem on him and basically he was he was ruined. Like his his reputation was ruined. And he took them to court and stuff and he, he did win it and he got he got a good settlement. But mm-hmm. he still he had to he, he opened a new company um after that with a new name because obviously it was tarnished. So it's just it was I thought it was a good story because he it just that finger pointing of 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 a large organization and they don't really care about how it's handled by the person that they're blaming because it's deflected from them like it kind of reminds me of when in a slightly different way when Sullenberger, when he landed the plane in the hudson like and he saved everyone there a few years ago that amazing feat and then like the faa or whoever it was tried to pin him as being the being the problem with that Do you remember like so uh, you remember that, don't you? Have you seen that? Uh, I no, have. Movie? Yeah. Tom Hanks in it, is it? Yeah, it's very good. Like it's very it's good. kind of slow moving, but it really it really takes you in. But um, yeah, I was just it's it's just a bit. Uh, I suppose it gets on my Wick. It's nearly word like to be almost like a human rights lawyer or something, like for yeah. for for certain things because I hate injustice like that. It really bugs me, and I'm not saying that they they might have had a an opinion and a case. But just to pin it on one person and to ruin him like mm. in that way, mm. it's it's yeah that's it was just I mean, it just shows the power of these organizations, you know. Yeah, I know. So, that was, so but anyway, he passed away last year, and that's why this article was done. He passed away in December, and that's why this article was was in there. But yeah, that was because it, it kind of linked sport with business, with integrity, with. With innovation, so that's why I just wanted to reiterate <laughs> it. So that was enrolled in road and track. It's a good magazine. Um, yeah, very interesting where I got that information from.
1: So yeah, yeah very interesting, isn't it? Do you mm. think of anything similar? Well, I suppose what comes to mind is just like um I suppose how people's careers can be ruined, like over one thing, and it's a, it's a difficult one to talk about because some things people do, you know. I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's hard to accept that people. And now I know this guy, this that guy we're talking about, who who was the safety expert and who uh, the NASCAR has put the blame on him for that accident that happened. It's not quite yeah. the same as what I'm saying here, but you know, like um, people do good and bad throughout their lives, and sometimes like someone does something bad is like cancels out all the good that they did, like you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I would say that the football world it's it's probably a whole episode. I would like to talk about football as in a business and and a, from even a social psychology standpoint because you see it all the time, like with managers getting like absolutely berated or a footballer hassled almost to within like you know even somebody that might have been gambling uh, as a as an athlete, which is acceptable for every other form of human but when you're an athlete you're not supposed to gamble and you're absolutely like torn down for it or you're you've got a drinking problem or a drug problem or like you see it all the time like a manager has a couple of bad games and he's the worst person in the world and he's nearly like savagely like put on the stake it's it's Mm. it's it's pretty scary the way like the group mentality can just tear down somebody isn't it
1: yeah, so suddenly the standards are just like so high that you have to meet it's impossible yeah. like for any human to, to meet them like on a you know, for the whole
0: entirety of that career yeah you can't you can't like none of us can yeah and we can all do it in privacy but when you're in the public eye like and you make one mistake like you're 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 finished hmm. so um so that was it was kind of a, a somber episode i would i would nearly say this week but that's i like them i like them um, and I, I would like to say again yeah a bit somber yeah. thanks for tuning in we really appreciate it we're still we're still putting out two a week and um, we've we we had another bonus episode out the other day so it's probably throwing our episode numbers off a bit but we're we're still we're still um we're still going to do two a week and we hope you're enjoying them and if you are please share and um, youtube is one or two behind but i have it on on authority that we've been catching up is that right Larry? yeah yeah as of today so uh so listen we <laughs> so thanks again and we will see you for episode nine in a couple of days so yeah thanks Emil cheers thanks everyone